episode 22 of If These Walls, a doll named Robert, is best enjoyed cozied up with a satin doll. That's one and one-third parts absolute vodka, one-third part banana liqueur, two-thirds part lemon juice, and one-third part triple sec. Turn up Mariah Carey's baby doll, and let's get ready for bedtime. A what? A vegetti? V-E-G-G-E-T-T-I. A vegetti. That sounds like a girl who's almost prom queen, but not quite, but her dad's real mad about it, and he's going to talk to the superintendent. Oh, Gina she- Vegetti. Gina Vegetti. Gina Vegetti. <laughs> She definitely went to Canfield. Oh, oh now I want meatballs. Uh, I I am, ma'am. Okay, so you told me that on Sunday you had a workout that was brutal. And I, I how are your triceps right now? They're fine. It was a how? lower body workout. You did like 70, 150 push presses. Yes, but if you're doing push presses correctly, you should be using your legs. Well, yeah, but triceps, your legs and your lats. Maybe that was from my cleans yesterday. Also, I did a lot of rowing and kettlebells today. Anyway, my arms are dead. You just flew in from New York and boy, your arms. No. Okay. Try the food. Yeah, no, that's where I'm at right now. I am. I, I, okay. So it was a foggy, rainy, very Bly Manor-esque day. And I'm looking directly at a pond. These are the vibes that I live for, and I do not understand why everyone I interacted with insisted on being in a bad mood today when all I wanted to do was vibe on my little foggy Pisces life. I vibed. I like this. I like it. I just don't like it all the time, but I like a rainy day because it's an excuse not to do anything if you don't want to. Um, Having it on a Monday is a little hard, but... I have a lot to say about the sentence you just said, so I don't know where to start first. Probably at the beginning of it. Bly Manor? Yeah. Let's go there. I actually was scared sleeping last night. And so there's so Bly Manor, in case you have no idea what we're talking about, the haunting, the overall arching theme of this this Netflix thing is the haunting. And the first season was the haunting of Hill house. Second house is the haunting of Bly Manor. The narratives are not interconnected. Although there are like, there's some stuff they kept on a through line just to make sure, you know, that they're the same creators. Um, Hill house was very scary, very good, very well-written, very well-produced, very well shot. And is clearly a lot better in my opinion clearly a lot better Bly Manor is not nearly as scary but that lady in the lake I was actually scared last night sleeping like like little kids scared like I was scared to get up and go to the bathroom which I do at least four times a night that the second I put my foot on the floor she would come out from under my bed and drag me to the lake but here's the thing though Coming out from under your bed is not in her walking path, I know. man. It's not. It, it she's has like, nothing to do with the show. It's like if a monster were one of those um, 
trolley cars at Cedar Point or or at the Ohio State Fair that as long as you don't get on the track, how's it going to touch you? Just don't get in her way. She's not even looking for you. What is she looking for? She doesn't remember. And I mean, spoilers, but also let's, let's, let's say something real quick about spoilers in this day and age. I think we've all realized that everyone is consuming a lot of content. I think we also realize that things are bingeable and created to be as such. Therefore, if you are in any pop culture situation and the person that you are listening to references content that is on Hulu, Prime, Netflix, whatever, assume there's going to be spoilers and you have access to it. I'm sorry. This We no longer live in the sixth sense world. But also regarding, um, is it Kate Siegel? Yes, I love her. Yeah, uh, I couldn't be wholly scaried of of No Face Lady once I realized who it was and why she was there. And I'm just like, oh, I support you and everything, honey. Sweetie, you. Kate Siegel Siegel played her in in episode eight. She did not play the Lady of the Lake, though. A different actress did. I just went down an Instagram hole looking at all of the actors. Was that was that different actress, Dave Jones or whatever his name is, who plays every monster? No, God, you know who I'm talking about. It's a woman that looks a lot like um, Kate Siegel. (laughs) Well, (laughs) character actor. Oh, somebody's screaming at me right now. Hold on. I'll look it up later. He was in uh, Hocus Pocus. He played Billy. Very famous character actor. He was also in Pan's Labyrinth. He plays most monsters that you know. Doug Jones. Doug Jones. So anytime that I see a spook, I'm like, oh, it's just Doug. Kind of like in the entire James Wan universe. I'm like, oh, it's Joseph Bashara. Not Joseph Bashara of Catco, but Joseph Bashara, the actor who plays all the creepy things in the Sinisters and the Insidiouses. And Doug Joseph is the monster. Got it. Okay. So the I, Doug Joseph. <laughs> I I don't know. I we don't have this is not a podcast where we have to let everyone know our blind manner feelings. I just I don't know. I it had some terrible storytelling issues, especially in the last episode, I would say. I mean, yes, it, it is a story that could have been told over five episodes and they tried to stretch it out to nine and there was it was very slow paced and i know slow pacing is important for horror and for build up i understand no paced pacing is it's important for horror and build up but like even even my mom my maja i watched it with my mommy and all in one day and i could not sleep that night not because i was a scurred but because i had shoved so much content in my face hole that i was just like spinning from it um and i i absolutely agree and it did drag and especially in like the last two episodes it was like you guys i get i get i get it wrap it up um but still enjoyable just i came for some spook content and i didn't i didn't hate what i got and by all means it far surpasses a lot of other series that we're getting anywhere where you get to season two and it's like a total womp womp yeah, I just thought this went in from a, a direction of wrath and grief into a direction of love and grief. I'm interested to see what season three does with that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot Hunger of... Hunger and grief. There's <laughs> a lot of uh, internet talk about what the adaptation might be for 
the third season and some people have hypothesized that it could be the haunting of the house of usher Ooh, you know what i say to that yeah yeah <laughs> that took you far too long <laughs> it didn't i was laughing for a long time before the sound came out oh okay good that's what it was uh, uh yeah no okay <laughs> that cool to that but also um i think really and truly i'd like to see them go into india or asia actually i know that they they have this ryan murphy-esque quality of, of keeping all the same actors and right now those are predominantly white actors that they've been recycling uh season two did better uh with having some primary characters that were bipoc uh which was Fantastic. But um, I, I just think there's so much quality content that we can dig into with Indian and East Asian ghosts. Really fucking creepy shit with some stunning visuals that we just don't delve into enough. We kind of get stuck, I think, um, particularly in Western culture when we think of horror as this Victorian and forward Britishy haunted house or LA haunted house. I just, I see, I'm, I always enjoy, I love a good ghost story, but I'm just saying there's more, what's behind you? Stop that. You stop that right now. So the, the, what do you call this thing that our mics go and plug into? A wall. No, the blue thing. Phantom record, phantom pack. Okay. So there's a phantom battery or whatever. Basically our microphones are too powerful for our computers. So you have to run them through this phantom source of power to get more power. It's a phantom. And it blinks this blue light and both of us are recording in the dark with candles lit. So you just see this blue light and it would be a perfect shot in a horror movie of like, it's all black and then it blinks blue and there's a shape behind me and, (sighs) but you're right. But wouldn't, wouldn't (laughs) it not being a ghost story go against what they've spent two seasons doing? I mean, it's a a ghost ghost story. Right. It's a ghost story, but you, I mean, let's go to Japan. Let's, let's whip up the girl from the ring. Let's do. No, thank you. (laughs) Uh, It's just historically. Yeah. There's some good speaking of hair and hair demons. Did you see there's a trailer out? There's going to be a new spooky spook. It's either on Hulu or Netflix called bad hair. And it is a, uh, from what I can tell from the trailer, it would appear as though a young black female is getting a weave that is haunted Ooh. and or poisonous and that multiple people are getting this so in track that is, and it sound it's pretty insidious looking actually, but also the visual behind it has a lot to do with in East Asian culture, there is specifically a demon of hair. So when you see Shudder in the ring and the girl with like the scraggly dark hair in front of her eyes, that's part of a very specific demonic trope. But now it's tying in also to African culture. I am fascinated by this trailer. I recommend you watch it. Okay. I'm very much looking forward to it. (sighs) Welcome to If These Walls, a horror review podcast. This month, heck yeah. I'm Audrey. (laughs) I'm Elena. And we know stuff sometimes when you give us time to research it. <laughs> That's why you're here today. This is Elena, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Uh, just for anyone who actually genuinely is confused, this is If These Walls. We've not changed what we do. We do the same thing, but it's Halloween. So we're doing spooky stuff the entire month of October. But 
If These Walls is a history podcast, sometimes comedy, about real or not real places. We talk about the most famous and infamous addresses in history, tell you what happened in those walls, and then speculate on how your ex-girlfriend totally could have done it better, but you're better than her anyway, and you don't need her now. Huh? That's part of the podcast. We close out every episode with that. I didn't prepare that for this one. That's all right. I have a game. Oh, okay. uh, which I do want to say, I'm I'm typically a very piecemeal putter together of, of my bits and pieces for when it's my week. And I was very proud of the fact that yesterday I had every single piece ready and sent to you in an email and we were ready to go 24 hours in advance. I'm impressed. I'm very I, impressed. I, someday I will give you more than the bare minimum, babe, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was not prepared to do it yesterday. You didn't even have to do anything. You just had to sit there. I know. I just had, I literally just had. Okay. Take my, take my spooky. Uh. (laughs) Hibiscus LaCroix. Did you, have you fucked with this yet? Oh, I thought you were saying hi to somebody named Hibiscus LaCroix. (laughs) And (laughs) And yeah, it actually is my favorite LaCroix. It's really good. It is the best LaCroix. That's a good shout out for everybody. Do Make a Tom Collins, but fuck the lemonade and use hibiscus LaCroix and gin. There you go. That's it. And the limoncello is a close second for me. The limoncello tastes like an antibiotic I ate when I was five and then threw up. So I can't do it. Wow. Okay. Rain on my parade. Memories. Speaking of childhood things that upset us. I am going to venture further down a path that we picked up a few weeks ago in our little podcast, but I'm going to ease us into it. Okay. I promise. Okay. I think we have, and I've been really enjoying this once again, a topic that I don't think you know anything about. I really don't. I didn't even read your outline or look at it yet, Um, (laughs) but to draw back, I think the reason I wanted to start talking about Bly Manor is to bring us around to the doll part, which did really, that freaked me out too. I have, dolls are weird. I don't like a doll thing. (laughs) Except for Gail and David, who we talked about last episode or two episodes ago. And Trisha and her big head. And Trisha, yeah. Well, that was part of it, is we we talked about how you imbue these human sensibilities on inanimate objects and how they become a big part of your life and sometimes a menacing part of your life. So I've got two little bits to mind. We are talking about a specific location, and that's the nice little ease into the episode because the house is lovely. I just, it's You can stay there. It's a bed and breakfast. And then we're going to have a little conversation about some of our childhood best friends that may or may not be the devil. Elena, are you ready to go? Kid sister. Kid sister. Kid sister and me. Remember those commercials? No, my I buddy. The my buddy, yeah, my buddy and me. I didn't know what you were saying with kid sister, though. Well, because the kid sister one, because girls were less important, so like the girls' version aired after the boys' version. So the first one was just my buddy, and the second one, was my buddy, it was kid sister. My buddy had to bring his kid sister along. My buddy and me. No, it's your kid sister. Ugh. But then you're responsible for it. Like it can't even, Eh. whatever. I don't like how they set that up. Boo! Inventors of Teddy Ruxpin or whoever the fuck made that. I assume it was some 80s. Someone, I'm sure it's Hasbro. 
we'll get into games later and that is games and toys and all the things uh but first we're going to take a little a little trip down to Key West that sound okay with you sure have you ever heard of the artist Robert Jean Otto mostly no. known as Jean Otto no well let's meet him bitch let's go down to Key West we're stopping by the artist's house Built between 1890 and 1898 and formerly the home of the celebrated Key West painter, Robert Eugene Otto, and his wife, Anne, a concert and jazz pianist. The artist house is one of just a few highlights of any trip to Key West that doesn't come served on a graham cracker crust. Bedecked with graceful columns and verandas befitting a first prize winning gingerbread home, the residence at 534 Eaton Street is highlighted by the magnificence presence of its turret Mm. a cylindrical centerpiece of any colonial queen anne style home this architectural gem delights the eye today though historically the home's iconic feature stood as a tower of terror that trapped the attention of taut strickland past thank you nice alliteration oh i really lean into it The artist house is considered by many architectural historians as one of the great historic homes on the island. It is one of only a handful of authentic, truly original buildings in all of Florida, with the exception of the Hemingway House, the property obviously owned by the famed novelist Ernie Hemingway and his 50,000 cats. All the cool people have cats. Obviously. (laughs) The artist's house is probably the most photographed and illustrated home in Key West. While the property currently operates as a bed and breakfast with high ratings on Yelp, there is no need to book a stay to pop in and get the scoop on the location's history. This charming piece of the history of Florida is a part of Key West's historic walking tour, the historic bike tour, and featured prominently on the world-famous Conk Walking Tour. Oops, conch train. It's a conch train. Conch train. <laughs> and featured prominently on the world famous conch train and trolley tours. I'm not editing that out. So, just so I, want, you can- I want people to see your whole range of emotion there. So, you just want me to say conch twice. Conch. Uh, we had a whole thing when we read Lord of the Flies at sophomore year of high school about people saying, is it conch? Is it conch? And I don't care. I just never want to say it the way that my English teacher said it, which was "canch," because I'm from Michigan originally. (laughs) (laughs) But most importantly, the artist house is the highlight of Key West's ghost tour. Although the owners have stated on their website that, quote, none of our thousands of guests have reported anything but a wonderful stay. The website then goes on to contradict this statement entirely (laughs) in what is the most endearing and charming way I have ever read. This is from the Artist House official website. If you rent the turret room at this Key West guest house, you'll find all the usual modern conveniences. And if you're lucky, you might spot a distinctly unmodern inconvenience. All is well as you relax on the ample king-size bed. Then, quietly... A semblance of a beautiful woman walks down the meandering staircase in her wedding dress. A ghost in the room! 
If apparitions and the strange pique your interest, you are not alone. That's how they sell the room. Uh. <laughs> it's, so, it's so delightful, though. Like, ooh, there's a ghost. <laughs> but I she's think, pretty. Yeah. In her, uh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yep. So yeah, it's we're haunted, but it's fine. And there has indeed been a ghost seen by many a staff member and many a guest. And her name is Anne, the concert pianist and the wife of the artist for whom the bed and breakfast is named. It is reported that Anne has been seen descending the turret room staircase. She is described as beautiful and wearing her wedding dress. Not completely terrifying, but not for everyone. However, sightings of Anne are not the only claim to paranormal fame the artist's house holds. In fact, the more famous and significantly sinister link between this home and the spiritual realm is all but omitted from the site's advertising. Just a passing mention is made. Over the years, the artist's house has been the focus of several enchanting stories. We can't vouch for all the stories, but they have made the rounds in Key West and around the globe. Every so-called encounter was friendly and either involved the spirit of Anne or Jean's little stuffed doll alter ego friend Robert. What? <laughs> so, ladies and gentle folks, boils and ghouls, buckle up because this week on If These Walls, we're chucking the deuces at boring old ghosts and upping the ante in animate object style. Get ready to talk demon-possessed childhood friends as we dive into the history of Robert the <laughs> I like how you spelled out the ham horn. Yeah. B-E-U-B-E-U-B-E-U-B-E-U. E-U. Yeah, I was very happy with that. I also spell it out differently later. Spoiler alert. Did you or did you not have a childhood friend that was either imaginary or lives in a doll? Yes. Yes, okay. and I and I mentioned them later specifically. Great. Okay. We can talk about mine too later. Mine was not evil, in case you're wondering. But he was green. Mine wasn't evil, but I can really see how parents can be terrified of their children constantly because some of the shit that comes out of our imaginations is just like, I'm sorry, hot. <laughs> so let's get into the history of this little situation. Robert did it. That's the explanation young Jean Otto gave whenever chaos and disorder visited his Key West family home. The doll in question belonged to Robert Eugene Otto, an artist described as eccentric who belonged to a prominent Key West family. Robert is a -a one-of-a-kind handmade doll uh, made by the Steiff Company of Germany, world famous for the mass production of the finest teddy bears in all the land around the turn of the century. Despite lore around the doll's origins, Robert was in fact purchased by Otto's grandfather while on a trip to Germany in 1904 and given to young Jean as a birthday gift. 
with soft muted features that lie somewhere between the real Winnie the Pooh and a Jim Henson generic people puppet, Robert's face and body are just detailed enough to be considered human. The doll's signature sailor suit was likely an outfit that Jane Otto wore as a child. And I will link a picture at our Instagram when they say it's likely an outfit that Gene wore as a child, there is a picture of Gene in the outfit. <laughs> oh boy. It is his outfit. It is a reverse My Size Barbie. I was going to say, it's just like you and your My Size Barbie. Yeah. The doll got a boy and then took the boy's clothes and then threw away the boy. No. Uh, the boy had a life. <laughs> the boy had a whole life. Okay. Standing 40 inches tall and stuffed with wood wool known as Excelsior. He once, I know, right? Things you learn. He once bore painted features not unlike those of a jester. His unusual size indicates that he may have been fashioned in the image of his constant companion. I will say on that note, when I was in third grade, my grandpa got me a t-shirt with my face on it. (laughs) I didn't know where to wear it. But I do think that getting a doll of yourself that is your size is creepy. I get the American Girl doll mini you. The answer is to wear it everywhere. And it was, I want a picture. I want a t-shirt with your face on it now. It was a foot. It was my third. No, it was second grade. It was my second grade class photo. And he just screen printed it on a t-shirt. That's absolutely amazing. And something it, a grandpa would totally do. Absolutely. I think and was we will a, have them for sale in our merch store. Woo! If you head along with anxiety stones and that's it that's it anxiety zones and t-shirts with second grade me on them (laughs) i'll come up with a a product for myself as well it was a good year for me i'll figure it out second grade what about anxiety jade eggs like gwyneth paltrow sells but like do they smell like her vagina if they do i don't want them for your gina (laughs) vajetti you know it is just such a shame that gina vajetti lost prom queen all right. It's all right. She married a guy that runs a car dealership. She has everything she wants now. <laughs> so anyway, the story goes that young Jean Otto became enamored with the doll and named it after himself, Robert. That's what I'd do. Sure. Otto built the doll its own room in the attic, complete with furniture and toys, including the doll's own teddy bear. Did the doll have a miniature version of itself that was its doll? And then that doll had a miniature version of itself, which was that doll. And then inside that doll. And then inside that doll was Ross Perot. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting to launch a political career. Speaking of third party candidates, don't vote for them, please. Yeah, no, guys, this is, stop it. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. Uh, As Otto grew he started blaming Robert for any mishaps that Gene himself had committed. Eventually, the doll took the blame for everything that was negative in Otto's life. According to legend, Robert is more than just a fluff-filled whipping boy. He has supernatural abilities that allow him to move, change facial expressions, and make giggling sounds. Some version of the legends claim that a young girl, quote, of Bahamian descent and not his grandfather gave Otto the doll as a gift or a retaliation for wrongdoing. Tomato, tomato. Other stories claim that the doll moved voodoo figurines around the room and was, quote, aware of what went on around him. 
still more legends claim that the doll, quote, vanished after Otto's house changed ownership a number of times after his death. But my favorite and the most common piece of the paranormal puzzle is that young Jean triggered the doll's supernatural powers by blaming his childhood mishaps on the doll. Well, yeah, because you can only take so much. Yeah. Before you're going to fucking flip out. And you can place energy into objects. That's half of what... We are about to go down a whole path. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> about, about hauntings and spaces holding the memory of people. Okay. Tucked away in the memory. Mm-hmm. But I do want to quick give a quick boo and shout out to this constant uh, blaming on Black culture for witchcraft and wizardry in Key West. It's really common in the area. They say, oh, it was voodoo. And it's like, first off, you don't understand what voodoo is. It's not just a quick spell that you cast to like upset somebody. It's a culture. Very much glossing over it. All right. Yeah. I mean, I I don't, yeah. I don't feel like I have the know-how to even comment, but yes, you're right. It's, there's a, there's, it's, yeah, there's a whole Scooby-Doo episode about it. I mean, <laughs> if you watch American Horror Story season three, Angela Bassett guides you through the whole thing. No. Um, back to this. Gene and Robert were best friends growing up. Florida's Key West has a unique and rich Caribbean culture, and it is speculated that voodoo played a part in Robert's formative years. Interviews with close with those close to the Otto family indicate a great deal of emotional energy was placed upon the doll during Eugene's lifetime. It is said that young Gene would shift blame when he misbehaved as a child, pointing to the doll and saying, I didn't do it. Robert did it. Which I wholly identify with because when I was a young warthog, I blamed everything on my imaginary friend, Tin Man. Of Wizard of Oz, but like out of context, how terrifying would that be to hear as a young parent when you get something's wrong in the house and your kid's like, Tin Man did it. Where did, why? Why Tin Man? I don't know. I really got attached to that character. I think it was because I, I, I appreciated that he was so scary. Like he had a weapon and he was metal, but all he wanted to do was like feel stuff. Yeah, and she was committed with that makeup. That's the, Ooh, that's silver. He almost killed, but almost Epson. killed him. <laughs> almost oh. no, Buddy Epson. He was he was yeah. Cut. Um, don't get don't get the tin lung, everybody. I'm but did you have an? That, I'm sorry that I interrupted you earlier. About I should have known you were going to ask about imaginary friends. How dare you not know the thing that you didn't read? <laughs> um, did you have an imaginary friend? I did. His name was Chobby. You told me about Chobby. Didn't you flush him down the drain or something? No, that was the fish that I got at the seventh seventh birthday party of my friend, which was the same day my parents told me they were getting divorced. So you flushed a fish? Well, she died a day later. Her Her name was originally... Her name was originally Tanya, but I changed it to Frida. But that's the fish. No, the the imaginary friend was Chobby, and he lived in the um, he lived in the the um. Oh shoot, what's it called? In the pantry in the kitchen. He lived in the pantry in the kitchen, but oh, ice box. It was the ice box. How with, old are you? What do you mean? <laughs> an ice box? I was born in eighteen seventy four. Yeah, with Ross uh, Perot. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. So Gene named the doll Robert after himself. His full name was Robert Eugene Otto, and he began carrying Robert everywhere. At night, Gene's parents overheard him having conversations with Robert. He would talk in his usual voice, and a different voice would reply. Mr. and Mrs. Otto assumed that Gene was using a put-on voice to speak as Robert. As the years passed, they began to question this assumption. As Gene- quick, I don't know where this is going to go. But I do want to appreciate that they're kind of bucking gender norms here and not caring that their son is carrying around a doll everywhere. The doll is over three feet tall. Just also that. So know that it's not like a baby doll that he's carrying with him. Okay. It is, it's himself. It's like walking your twin with you. Like, never mind. Scratch this. Edit like week- Weekend at Bernie's. It's very masculine. Okay. <laughs> But no, also that. Well, and also he was an eccentric artist. You can't mm-hmm. can't tell him nothing. And as Jean grew up, Robert remained his constant companion. Quote, what people really remember is what they would probably term as an unhealthy relationship with the doll. And this is from Corey Convertito, great name, curator of Key West's Fort East Martello Museum. He brought it everywhere. He talked about it in the first person as if he weren't a doll. He was Robert, as in he was a live entity. The doll had his own chair at the dinner table and shared Jean's bed every night. Whenever Jean experienced one of his frequent fits of rage, he would blame it on Robert. He also attributed odd occurrences of upturned furniture and scattered silverware to the doll. Robert remained at home, so to speak, while Jean studied at the Academy of Fine Arts in Chicago and the Art Students League in New York before traveling to Europe. That is, Jean did not bring the doll to school. Legend abounds of how Robert passed the time while his human was away. General Key West lore has it that the doll would be relegated to the attic for any amount of time, only to disappear and reappear in different parts of the house. It was understood, of course, that Robert was never to be discarded. Jean would be heartbroken. But the rest of the family suffered his presence in silence for the years that, Jean, that Otto honed his skills. It was while continuing his studies in Paris that Jean met Annette Parker, a native of Boston who was studying music there at the time. They were married in Paris on May 3rd, 1930, and moved to New York for several years, during which Anne performed at the celebrated Rainbow Room at Rockefeller Center. When Eugene returned to the house in Key West with his bride, he often escaped to the turret room, where the light was better for painting, and ever-present was his doll, Robert. I just can't believe he wasn't at the wedding. I think that's where a lot of this, you know, really hatcheted up. Because you feel left out. And yet that's that's something you can't take away. Mm-hmm. Can't get married. You can't just like, oh, no, I'll have a second wedding. No, you weren't there. Wasn't even invited. Wasn't even invited. You could have just shipped him for 10 bucks. Anyway. No longer quite given the privilege of joining the family at the dinner table, Robert spent his days propped up against the southwest window of the turret room. School children walking by the house would look up and report seeing Robert move from one side of the window to the other. Other visitors to the house would describe how the doll's facial expression changed according to the conversation in the room. 
reports of Robert moving from one side of the room to the other and the sound of giggling in the room were made by guests of the autos. The doll's strange behavior became commonplace with those who encountered him after Jean's death in 1974. Anne loathed the doll. Loathed. 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 Say it again because I didn't say it right the first time. Anne loathed the doll. And after her husband's passing, she demanded that the doll stay in the attic, locked in a cedar chest. While specifics are not available, Anne's health rapidly declined and she passed not long after Jean's death and the sequestering of Robert. Curious. (sighs) Myrtle Reuter purchased the auto home in 1974. It is a good name. Myrtle Reuter. (laughs) Never mind. <laughs> I wanted to turn into something. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Couldn't create a character that quickly. It's hard. Nope. Yeah. Yep. Long day. And having some knowledge of the lore surrounding the doll, she opened the chest and became Robert's companion. Reuter even kept him when she moved to the Von Fister Street six years later. Von Fister Street. Von Fister. I hardly know her. You know. <laughs> Well, on Von Fister Street, she opened a small boarding home. Anyone can come into Von Fister. (laughs) When the doll was put away, tenants of the upper floors claimed to have heard footsteps in the attic room above them. But please do ask for consent before you Von Fister. Oh, yeah, no. When the doll was displayed, some claimed Robert's expression changed when anyone discussed the deceased artist Otto in his presence. A plumber called in to make repairs heard giggling and turned to find the doll had moved across the room on his own. With word of the unusual activity spreading, Solaris Hill reporter Malcolm Ross visited Robert during this time and said, It was like a metal bar running down my back. I don't know why this guy is from Jersey and he West. I'm so sorry. Sorry, Malcolm. At first, when he walked through the door, the look on his face was like a little boy being punished. It was as if he was asking himself, who are these people in my room? And what are they going to do to me? Ross's friend on the scene told him Robert's backstory. It was at this point he noticed a change in the doll's expression as if he was following the conversation. Stop it. One of the men made a comment about what an old fool Gene Otto must have been. Robert's expression turned to one of disdain. Oh. There was some kind of intelligence there. The doll was listening to us. So after 20 years of antics, Reuter is said to have grown tired of all the fuss and donated Robert to the collection of Key West Sports. Fort East Martello Museum in 1994. But as with Anne, the ghost of the artist house, specifics are not available other than to say that Myrtle Reuter died within months of putting Robert to the side. Mm-hmm. Museum staff noticed a shift of energies at the Fort East Martello Museum. Though Robert was not initially put on display, he started receiving visitors as word spread about his new residence. Once he was put on ex- on exhibit, cameras and electronic devices malfunctioned in his presence. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Keep going. And soon letters began arriving addressed to the doll offering apologies for disrespectful behavior or asking for forgiveness. He now sits in a glass box holding a toy lion 
On the wall behind him are apologetic letters addressed to Robert from the people who took his photo without permission. According to local folklore, the doll has caused car accidents, broken bones, job loss, divorce, and a cornucopia of other misfortunes. And museum visitors supposedly experience post-visit misfortunes for failing to respect Robert. Hmm. A horror film franchise loosely based on the legend began uh, with the film Robert, released in 2015. To date, four sequels have followed. The Curse of Robert the Doll in 2016, The Toy Maker in 2017, The Revenge of Robert the Doll in 2018, and Robert Reborn in 2019. You can tell their quality because there's one released every year. Bam, 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 like an Irish family. Just bam, bam, one after the other. Out, immediately. How old is your sister? I don't know, about seven months older than me? They're Irish twins. Why are we all from Jersey? I don't know. Boy, it's hot out here in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) With all due respect to the OG spooky stuff friend, the Robert anthology suffers from a lack of funding, some interesting aesthetic choices, and some okay writing but nevertheless robert did the legwork that set the scene for an entire pop culture movement featuring demonic dollies let's get into some of these heavy hitters shall we you know her you've seen her in the conjuring and her own spin-off series she is known far and wide and has a bitchin little backstory of her own she's Annabelle. According to Ed and Lorraine Warren, the now relatively household name status ghost and demon hunters, Annabelle's saga began when a student nurse was given the doll in 1970. They say the doll behaved strangely and that a psychic medium told the student that the doll was inhabited by the spirit of a deceased girl named Annabelle. The student and her roommate tried to accept and nurture the spirit-possessed doll, but the doll reportedly exhibited malicious and frightening behavior. It was at this point that the Warrens say they were first contacted, moving the doll to their museum after pronouncing it demonically possessed. The doll remains in a glass box at the Warrens Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut. Worth a visit? Maybe, but maybe not. Texas State University Assistant Professor of Religious Studies, Joseph Laycock, great name, (laughs) calls Annabelle... Uh, calls the Annabelle legend an interesting case study in the relationship between pop culture and paranormal folklore and speculates that the demonic doll trope popularized by such film as Child's Play, Dolly Dearest, and The Conjuring likely emerged from legends surrounding Robert the Doll, as well as a Twilight Zone season five, episode six, titled Living Doll, in which the character of the mother is also named Annabelle. This episode of The Twilight Zone was released five years prior to the Warren's story. Hmm. Laycock suggests that the idea of demonically possessed dolls allows modern demonologists to find supernatural evil in the most banal and domestic of places. Another critic has said, like real-life Ed Warren, real-life Annabelle is actually far less impressive. (laughs) Burn! You burnt, Ed! (laughs) Was it Laycock? Laycock that said that? No, it was actually Lorraine Warren. It was crazy. She was done. 
Um, Of of the supernatural claims made about Annabelle by Ed Warren, Hill said, we have nothing but Ed's words for this and also for the history and origins of the objects in the entire museum. Hmm. Let's get in a little bit more to one of my favorite episodes of The Twilight Zone, though. Referenced above, the living doll was the introduction to Talkie Tina. Are you familiar with it? No. All right. Let's get into this. It's so fucking creepy. All the shout outs to Rod Serling. So many of the Twilight episodes, I would say a solid 85% of Twilight Zone episodes make me physically uncomfortable still today. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Good and creepy. Much like season one of Haunting the Phil House. Mm-hmm. So here's what goes on in the living doll, the Twilight Zone episode. Annabelle, a lady and not a doll buys her daughter, Christy, a wind-up doll named Taki Tina in order to comfort her. What the year do- would this have been? This would have been 68, oop, boop, 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 65. Okay. Um, the doll has a catchphrase. My name is Taki Tina, and I love you very much. She talks just like that. I'm a really good impressionist. Good. Annabelle has recently remarried to an infertile man named Eric Streeter. What a way to introduce him. Streeter? I hardly know her. Sorry. (laughs) Frustrated by his inability to have his own children with Annabelle, Eric directs his hostility towards Christy, like an asshole. Mm -hmm. When Eric winds up the doll, it substitutes its catchphrase with antagonisms such as, I don't like you. Oh, this you do, you must be doing a perfect impression because that tickled my memory cells. Yeah, you're gonna. Hate I've heard this. that. I've heard you're that before. When the doll begins engaging him in a more elaborate conversation, he comes to the conclusion that Annabelle is playing a trick to get back at him for his treatment of Christie, which would be totally within her right as a mother. Yeah. He places the doll in a trash can in the garbage, but then receives a phone call, and hears the doll's voice threatening to kill him. Checking the trash can, he finds it empty. He runs upstairs to find the doll in bed with Christy. Eric takes the doll away against Christy's tearful protest and angrily corrects her when she addresses him as daddy. What a dick. (sighs) He attempts to destroy the doll using a vice, a blowtorch, and a circular saw, all to no effect. He ties the doll in a burlap sack and returns it to the trash can, weighing the lid with bricks. Annabelle begins packing to leave, unable to tolerate his hostility and irrational behavior any longer, and he offers to return it to Christy if Annabelle will stay. He takes the doll out of the trash and returns it to Christy. Later that night, Eric is awakened by muffled noises. He tells Annabelle to stay in the bedroom and leaves to investigate. Christy is in bed, but Tina is gone. Going down the stairs, He trips over Tina, who is laying on one of the treads, and falls, sustaining fatal injuries. Attracted by the noise, Annabelle sees Eric laying at the base of the staircase. Frantic, she rushes down and kneels beside his body. She finds Tina next to him. When Anna picks up Tina, the doll opens her eyes and says, My name is Talkie Tina, and you better be nice to me. 
As with Robert, this episode uses the device of an evil doll as a vessel of negative emotion and is even a source of protection for children. So call it imagination, call it voodoo, except don't call it voodoo because we've done a real hack job of portraying voodoo in culture and the media. It's not the craft gang. It's not. But anyway, the point is be nice to children. They are our future. And if you don't, you just might end up dead. I'm upset. (laughs) No, there's interesting stuff there about kids using dolls and friends and imaginary people to hide the negative things that they don't want to deal with or to hide their negative emotions in or it's hiding and it's also just shifting or placing outside yeah. of yourself it's a kind of dissociation it yeah that's the word i was looking for yeah but it's it i mean it still is very that you're you're putting all of this energy you're energetically and emotionally and psychologically charging a very specific object with all of this negativity i mean if you think about plants and how you can talk nice to plants and sing to plants and they'll grow for you what are dolls made of but plants? And Excelsior. <laughs> I mean. Buttons. <laughs> also, what's the line for when things get creepy? So we have Chucky. We have the Jack in the Box and Poltergeist. Small Soldiers, which is like a half and half of good and bad. But we're okay with Toy Story. We're okay with Winnie the Pooh. And Michael Keaton is Jack Frost, the snowman with very menacing eyebrows. And the Indian in the cupboard, even though that is not politically correct anymore, but it is still tiny little. I love that coming. story. It was wasn't Owen Wilson a cowboy? I'm confusing that with Night at the Museum. Uh, maybe, but it also sounds right. Was there a Wilson in Indian in the cupboard? Indigenous person in the cupboard. It was already a long title. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. I mean, you're very right. <laughs> you're absolutely correct on this. It is starring uh, the uh, Native American in Native American in the Covered um, is Gary Lightfoot Davis, who is billed oh, only as Lightfoot, good. actual good. indigenous person. That is good. I'm going to rewatch that. He's a citizen of the Cherokee Nation. I didn't know that. He's currently the executive director of the Native American Financial Services Association. Good for you, Lightfoot. I don't think I've seen the movie. I remember reading the book and loving it. it oh, good? yeah. No, it was really good. Really heartwarming. Okay. This was that. Okay. That was a nice little close up for that. But have you actually seen Robert the doll? Did you look in the email? No. Okay. I'm doing it now. Hmm. He's a creepy little nothing. Oh, fucking hey. He looks a little like uh, the no-faced ghosts in fucking Bly Manor. Yeah, it is. It is very that. I am so sorry. I did not draw that connection. It but looks. It's, it's a. It's it's a. It's a little boy. It's a faceless little boy that is a little boy size. Ooh, he's scary. He's very scary. Yep. But yeah. Uh, I mean, Sorry, to answer their question, where's the line drawn? It's it's the genre. <laughs> you could turn Winnie the Pooh into a horror movie if you really wanted to. 
Oh, I want some honey. I don't know what he says. <laughs> Heffalumps and Woozles was scary to me as a kid. Heffalumps and Woozles was very scary. Yeah. Correct. You know what else can be scary to you as a kid? What? A whole bunch of things that we can talk about in our next game time. Okay. We're going to hear from our sponsors real quick, but stay tuned for Hazard Bonanzers, Toy Recalls, and Danger Warnings. And now a word from Just the Basics Babysitting. Are you sick and tired of your baby making emotional connections with people that just aren't you? Just the Basics Babysitting, the Marie Kondo-approved minimalist approach to childcare. At Just the Basics, we adhere to exactly three and only three promises. They will be fed. They will be clean. They will be tired when you get them back. And that's it. At Just the Basics Babysitting, there is a 0% chance that your child will encounter new and frustrating experiences that will impact them in any way. So your little piggy can go wee, wee, wee all the way home, exactly the way you dropped them off. Just the basics babysitting. If your baby is angry, it's all on you. One, two, three, and 1970s jazz music. We're on a game show. Please overlap this with actual music. It's time for Hazard Burdenzers. We're talking toy recalls and danger warnings. Elena, have you ever wondered if your child's toys are out to kill you? Yes. Well, good, because they are. Elena, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, that we're doing this. Um, well, I don't have children. I have two cats and their only toys are a crinkly piece of pizza, a crinkly fish taco, a little mouse and a, and a pride rainbow. Well, I wish them all the love in the world because clearly their mother doesn't give two shits about their crinkly asses. They don't like toys. They use their imaginations. Oh my God. Tell them that. Actually, that's a thing. I played with Tupperwarosley as a kid. You're beautiful. You have such an imagination on you. God, I love you. Okay. Is he right there? Yeah, he's right there. Hello, Bubby. Hmm. Um, I do love your cat. Anyway, and he loves me. He does. <laughs> okay. We are going to go through. I'm going to describe to you a few of the danger warnings and recall dates of some famous toys and you are going to guess what those objects and or toys are okay are you ready yes all right uh spoiler alert these are all recent oh okay great number one although overturned in 2016 2006 saw a federal ban on what toy part following the death of a 20-month-old boy it was ruled that while inside the child's body, these objects could cause gastrointestinal damage, infection, and potentially fatal injuries for children of all ages. Uh, those little like foam uh, bead things that you like make into foam shapes. That is a really good guess. It's wrong, but that oh. is a really good guess. Thank you. Do you want to take another guess? No. 
It's a magnets. Oh, wow. There was a, a ban on magnets and children's toys in 2006. I didn't know that. I, yeah. I, 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 full, I don't expect to know any of these things. I don't know. I, there's a few where I think you might actually get it. Like okay. I, I, yeah. Okay. So you failed. You okay. have, you have zero out of zero as a, out of one right now. You Great, are thank you. a zero. Percent. No, let's just go. Let's go with zero out of zero. Zero out of five. If I don't get a question right, the question didn't exist in the first place. Welcome to If These Walls, a philosophy podcast. <laughs> a relatively new toy that has been recalled in July of 2016 and November of 2017 due to fire hazards. Said to smoke and explode when left on chargers for too long. Its threat to your household amazingly outweighs its threat to your child's knees, wrists, and noggin. Knees, wrists, and noggin? Some kind of like interactive twister game? No. Uh, Like a Tamagotchi? Noggin. Knees, wrists, uh, recall due to exploding when left on chargers too long. Nintendo DS. No. Girl, what? Hoverboards. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what kids play with. What are you doing with your knees on a Nintendo DS? I don't know. <sighs> All right. You're zero out of zero still. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Number three. These popular items, which have no age recommendations, are sold as, quote, novelty items rather than toys. But children and adults of all ages play with these objects whose small parts present swallowing hazards for younger children. Recent reports also warn of high levels of lead and others may overheat when charging. What is the novelty item? Legos. All right. When I'm charging my Legos, (laughs) let's get one thing straight. I'm not getting any of these right. So when I say the wrong thing, just go ahead and give me the answer. (laughs) You know what my favorite part is of of leading a game is someone else telling me the rules to it. (laughs) Sorry, I don't, I, you know, your games make me feel really stupid. There's you no multiple choice option. You have one multiple. I'm flying blind. And I don't think things well on the spot. Do you want me to give you several options? Yes. All right. I'm going to read the question again. Okay. These popular items, which have no age recommendations, are sold as novelty items rather than toys. But children and adults of all ages play with these objects whose small parts present swallowing hazards for younger children. Recent reports also warn of high levels of lead and others may overheat when charging. Is the item A, a Nook digital learning book, B, a fidget spinner? C, yet another hoverboard, or D, something else. Fidget spinner. Look at you. You got it. 
Those charge? I've never used one that charges. I thought so too. And I'm wondering if you're charging your fidget spinner, what are you fidgeting? I don't know. That's weird. (laughs) Just hold it while it does its own thing. (laughs) Question number four. You're one for zero right now. Great. Warnings are abundant on this toy, including blunt force and fire-related burn injuries and the potential for death. Intended for children ages 8 and up, this accessory for your preteen on the go boasts, quote, real sparking action. Oh, my God. What, what is the category that it belongs in? So, like, sports? This is an accessory for your preteen on the go. Oh. Um... fidget spinners i don't know (laughs) okay edit this part out i sorry i have never felt more awkward i hate this shit i hate that i don't have anything funny to say we might have to edit out the entire game because i can't deal with this it's so boring no one wants to listen to this no one wants to listen to me constantly (laughs) i hate this so much rant over (laughs) I don't think you can edit any of that out. Oh. <laughs> I, so I just great. want people to think I'm clever and funny. This game is not helping. It's not your foot. Fu- yeah, you know what it showed people? That you're a person that's getting one out of zero questions correct with some help. You also got all the other explorer. You did the explorer quiz and you got them all right. Listeners, you too can be 37 and absolutely failing at everything. And the answer to this question was... Jets Healy Wheelies. Don't, the wheels for your heels. Don't even know what that is. It's the kids that is. where you pop up on your heel real quick and all of a sudden your dumb oh, sneakers are rolling. Those kids are, are assholes. Those kids are assholes and they're, they have potential for death. <sighs> this has been Hazard Bonanzers. Don't you have one more stupid question to ask? No, dumbass. Here's the question. <laughs> What's up your ass today? <laughs> Oh, I'm sick of looking stupid in your games. That's what. Is it A, your own two thumbs? B, you dumb gay cat? C, Jet's Healy Wheelies? (laughs) He's not gay. Uh, No, he's not. He's He's gay as a joyful. We're all questioning, and he's joyous. He is. That wraps that out. Well, sorry. I really hope you ruined that. I think that you should find a nice dolly to channel your negative. Nope, energy. not going to. What Chubby is that? Chubby did it. Chubby did it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Next week on If These Walls, we are getting to the final countdown of spooky season. I believe the next episode dropped. No, because Halloween's on a Saturday this year. Yeah, well, it's a couple days before Halloween. 2020 really bit the nugget, man. It really, it was supposed to be everything. We rolled into this year, set up for glory. Halloween is a Saturday and it's also daylight savings time night, if I'm remembering And it's a full moon. Oh, why? So if you're a virgin, you can light the black flame candle and bring back the fucking pointer sisters or whatever. Are you a virgin? Bring back the pointer sisters. (laughs) Is that wrong? (laughs) No, you're supposed to bring back the weather girls. Oh, okay. (laughs)
(laughs) (laughs) Oh God, this was If These Walls. I'm Audrey. I'm Elena. You can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, please. You can email us at ifthesewallspod at gmail.com and you can check out our Instagram for pictures of terrifying dolls at ifthesewallspod. And don't forget, always tell your friend when they've been on a Zoom call with you for over an hour with something in their teeth. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Audrey did it. Bye. Bye. You have something next to your left canine. Audrey did it. Audrey did it. Audrey did it.